0: Talking Dice Masters, the beauty of the underlying mechanics, the hidden complexities, and the strategy, tactics, and decisions of competitive play.
1: If you're just starting the game or have been here since the first set, hopefully you'll find something in this show that'll do you some good. So shake up your
0: bag, reconnoiter your opponent, and get ready to roll. Alright, welcome back to a new year of Dice Masters, and I think we're going to have a big one. As a matter of fact, this coming Wednesday... Waterdeep and the related team packs drop here in North America. And we have been waiting for them with eager anticipation. I hope everyone out there had a tremendous holiday season. I know we sure threw the feed bag on and did our best to get lost in the spirits. So much so that this episode kind of got away from us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was supposed to be the immediate follow-up episode. A companion piece, if you will, to our last episode with the live interviews courtesy of James Bloor from the European Open. You can find links to that episode, as well as other goodies, to be discussed in today's show
1: at... Rollandthunder.xyz forward slash 207 for Season 2, Episode 7. Yeah, at any rate,
0: we recorded this episode a few weeks back, so think of it as a delicious time capsule. Also... The Brassett Rollin' Thunder Studios have informed us that we're supposed to be asking for ratings and reviews. So if you've been listening to the show and like what you hear, give us a rating and review on iTunes or at the podchaser.com site, depending on your podcasting tool of choice. My galore, and we'll do Raya
1: Let's do it.
0: Today on the show, we're bringing you, from across the Atlantic, the Netherlands' finest, a top eight finalist in the 2018 Central European Championships, the winner of the 2019 unofficial Dutch Nationals, and the winner of the 2019 European Open Championship. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Mr. Peter! Hello.
2: Peter welcome to the show thank you thank you for having me what a lovely introduction our
0: great great pleasure <laughs> we are very excited to have you on the show and we've been kind of keeping our eye on you from a distance for some time now and admiring many of your builds so it'd be great to have some of your thoughts here today
2: I hope I can contribute
0: I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can Well, let's start off by giving you a chance to talk about Just the scene in the Netherlands in general And and how you came to the game
2: Uh, Well, I started playing about mid-2016 I think Civil War had just come out Mm -hmm. And there was a new local game store Had opened recently And they did a, a learn and play for Dice Masters And a friend of mine said, let's go check it out And we did, and I enjoyed myself So I bought a starter, that's when I got started And at first, we had a slowly growing community at some point, maybe eight or 10 people playing fairly regularly. But at some point, uh, there were just too many sets coming out in too short of a time span. And a lot of people dropped out and there were some other games that pulled people away. So currently, the, the scene is not really very much alive. I'm afraid.
0: (laughs) So it was really a question of overproduction at that point in time that drove people away? Was that that the case?
2: Yeah, because there were some people that really enjoyed the collecting aspect of the game. Right. And it was just too much at once and they couldn't keep up and then so they dropped out.
0: Yeah, interesting because we're kind of going through the opposite problem at the moment,
1: you know? That is true. Every time you have a drought, it's followed by like a flood. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so it's... All right, we need to find that happy medium again. Again? I don't really know if Dice Masters ever had a happy medium. <laughs> I, think, I feel like there's one period where we got a nice little rhythm going. Oh, yeah, like you know? We had like Faroon under siege, and then a few months later we had World Finest, a few months later Civil War. Yeah, that, that was, was a really that was good, a good, period. good time. So when you that, joined the game, it was time. a really good <laughs> Yeah,
2: at the moment I joined, it was nice. And then a little later, around Deadpool, I think it just went downhill. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. right.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Did they ever print any of the cards in Dutch? I know there's French and German and... Spanish Spanish, and Portuguese. Portuguese.
2: Anything in Dutch? Unfortunately, they did not. No. Was that ever an issue for some of the players over there? I don't really think so, no. Most people can handle themselves fairly well in English in the Netherlands. We get taught English in in school and our TV shows are are subbed instead of dubbed so that you also learn English from that. I admire that.
0: Here in the States, it's very, we're really a
1: one language country for the most part. There's There's a joke our German friends like to tell over and over again. They go, what do you call someone who speaks three languages? Trilingual. What do you call someone who speaks two languages? Bilingual. What do you call someone who speaks one language? American. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I
0: have great admiration for anybody who bothers to learn English because it's an incredibly irregular language. So
2: that is true. Hats off, you know. Especially spelling wise.
0: Yeah, yeah. And just all the verbs. And, you know, it's such a mashup of a language. We just kind of, it's a vacuum cleaner from all the other different languages. So we all have confusion over here in the States, I'm sure, about. The differences between the Netherlands and Holland and when to use Dutch and all of those phrases. Could you help clear our ignorance up while we have you on the phone here? Sure, no problem. (laughs) Um,
2: Well, yeah, actually, Holland is a part of the Netherlands. There there are two provinces uh, that together form Holland. So, yeah, North Holland and South Holland. And... They used to be the center of wealth of the country, so in many ways they they would represent the whole country, but the entire country is the Netherlands, and Dutch is our language, not to be confused with German. (laughs) Right, yes,
0: yes. (laughs) (laughs) And you would be referred to as the Dutch people, correct? Yeah,
2: or just the Dutch.
0: Just clearing that all up, because I know it's funny, who is it that got confused about The Danes. I know somebody got confused with, they got a D problem. They're like, the Danes, they started mixing up the Dutch and the Danes. I was like, I think you got that wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Although
2: our languages are fairly similar.
0: I had the great pleasure of, when I first came out to Hollywood, I was working with a, a Dutch editor, a great guy named Hank Van Egan, and he used to have just a slew of these wonderful idiomatic expressions one I still use all the time. He used to love talking about poking the dragon. And he, he would say it in Dutch, which made it sound all the better. And he had some other one about, you know, cows being under the moat or something that I can't remember anymore, but it was wonderful at the time.
2: Yeah, it might, you know, might have it, been, it, uh, Okay, great. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, it is dredging up stuff from the past. Ah, okay. I like it. And how does it literally translate? It's, you know, Taking old cows out of the moat. <laughs> <laughs> got
0: it. Okay. I got it. I love that. Yeah. There's a couple in Irish that I always loved, like, tu smai la the hebra, which was, I think, appropriate for Dice Masters, which means a uh, good start is half the work. So I always wow. feel like, you know, yeah. getting out of the gate have, in the right way. We have way that is in good. Dutch too.
2: A good begin is halve work.
0: Oh, right. Is it literally the same thing?
2: Yeah. A good start is half the work. Yeah.
0: Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also another one in Irish, Ni la magíhe la which roughly translates to don't thatch your roof on a windy day or or literally a windy day is not the day for the thatching stick. No. Okay, we're getting sidetracked. We're getting super sidetracked. You may forget that this is actually a Dice Masters podcast. All these things could be useful to throw in in the middle of a game just to confuse yeah. your opponent. True. <laughs> The other thing that people know you for, besides being just an incredible builder, brewer, and pilot, is your incredible play mats out there. In fact, if people had bothered to watch the latest World's Final on YouTube, they would see two examples of your mats. Am I right in that? That
2: is correct, yes. I I was very proud of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I bet you were. They're beautiful, and, and a lot of people have talked about it. Tell us about how you got into that and what was the background there and all that kind of stuff.
2: I got started about a year ago. Glenn Bodor from Australia used to be the the main mat guy, Mm -hmm. but he he quit because he was having another baby and is busy at work. And so he released a template for his mats, Ah. which I have been using. At first, he just released his old mats because he used to be selling them on Etsy. Mm -hmm. And he just put them on the Facebook group for anyone to print if they liked. And so I took one of those and I was like, I might be able to make a template out of it because it was a Thanos one, which was fairly simple. So I could just take the card slots out of there, stick them in a new file. And work from there. And so I just started messing around a bit. And I had this image from the Legends of Zelda that I had always liked. And I suddenly thought, how would this look as a center image for that match? And it looked pretty good, if I may say so myself. Yeah. And so I just started out messing around with that at first. And then I I sent that image to Glenn saying, consider this fan art. (laughs) And then I added, it almost looks good enough to print. And then he said, you should print it. But I, I wasn't happy enough with it yet. And so I started working on it more and more and more. And then in the end, I came up with a, a map that was very well received yeah. on Facebook. I think uh, I got it printed immediately. Yep. He, he was actually the first person to, to have it. Because I also got it printed, but you know I'm a bit further away from America. So it took a bit longer to get here. And that, that was the first. And after that, I sort of got addicted and started doing more and more mats.
0: <laughs> yeah, they really are really cool looking. And just for people who are listening, who are curious about how to get these things printed, are you using Ink Gaming? Or are you using something else in Europe? Where do you go to get your mats printed?
2: I have used Ink Gaming. Ink Gaming is very good, mm-hmm. very, very nice quality. I also found this printer in China that does it for cheap. Okay, great. Because I, I, I get all my own mats printed, so that's a lot if you have to get okay. them all from uh, ink Gaming.
0: Right, yeah. In fact, we will throw
1: links in the show notes to these places at rollandthunder.xyz forward slash 207 for Season 2, Episode 7, no apostrophe, no G. All right, and so check the
0: show notes out for all the team lists and the links to the ink Gaming, et cetera. They will be up there. All right. Well, that's interesting you picked Zelda. So, Glenn did a lot of stuff that was comic book themed, and you seem to be delving into other things as well. Talk to me about your background in terms of influences and stuff like that that you've reached for.
2: Well, I used to play a lot of video games, so that that is the main source of inspiration. Mm -hmm. And just some other things that maybe would have been great to see in Dice Masters, but probably won't be, right, and just lots of cartoons from my childhood and stuff. That, that, that's the main inspiration. Any
1: chance at a Skyrim play, Matt, at some point down the line?
2: <laughs> um, Possibly. I, I mean, I, I haven't actually played Skyrim. Uh, so My older son sent me
0: something that really excited me, because I always thought this IP would make a lot of sense in Dice Masters. He sent me an image of an Alex Ross Ultraman, originally a Japanese show from the 60s, But Alex Ross has apparently started doing the art for a new comic book series that Marvel has the rights to now. And I always thought Ultraman would make a great IP because of all the monsters and all the powers and the this that and the other thing. I'll throw a link in the show notes to that <laughs> and I and like let's get a little group talk. I don't know if anybody else followed Ultraman. That might be, you know, just because of my age, but how fun would that be? Make a great mat too, I think. Yeah, I, I've been that's, since your That's man. my childhood.
2: <laughs> yeah, it would be cool if you have some of the Japanese anime stuff in dice masters. It would be really cool. For sure.
1: I know that uh, Ben Kaplan has a Cowboy Bebop mat. Oh, nice. Anyways, on to the Dice Masters. Um, we're still, <laughs> let's talk about... are still
2: talking about Dice Masters, Matt's. <laughs> yeah, okay, and, well, we're still talking about that. that has got all the accessories. Okay. We haven't yeah, had exactly, a chance to talk exactly.
0: accessories enough on the show, honestly. You know, and that's half the flair and the style and the fun. I think it brings a lot of people to the game. You know, the chance to kind of customize what you do
1: is fun, yeah. right? Okay, but down to the highly, highly technical <laughs> stuff. <laughs> how about that? Um, <laughs> so let's talk about how how to practice the game. Are there any useful tips or tricks or routines that you found to be useful when you practice for major events?
2: I I just build something and try it out. That's how I work. But I also, you know, keep track of all the YouTube channels, what they're trying out, the online tournaments, matches that have been recorded. Try to watch them, see what works, see what doesn't, learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> don't have time to make them all myself
0: for sure. Especially if you're having trouble getting a local scene going. Yeah. Are you are you playing a lot online these days? Is that how you're getting most of your games yeah. in?
2: indeed. Yeah, I have I have one friend in Amsterdam that still plays and. We get together occasionally to play but we're both busy and then it's hard to find a time where we can both play
0: right let's put a pin in this topic because i'm hoping to come back to it later in the show but the idea of helping generate local scenes and especially with the new draft packs coming i have a feeling that there's an opportunity to get local scenes up and running uh, in a lot of places and some new places as well so if you could kind of put that in the back of your mind maybe we can talk about that later in the show
2: will do
1: so the other half of practicing is building teams. So talk us through your process. What do you look for when you start to build a team? Where do you start?
2: Usually with, a, with the WinCon. That's the main uh, focus. And then try to build around it, support it, protect it. Make, make it more consistent,
1: any
0: thoughts about globals whether you put on your team you know and and how you evaluate whether they're gonna make it on and how you protect yourself against them being used against you, stuff like that? Just general thoughts on yeah
2: that. i I try to put as few globals as as necessary on my teams, so if it really makes my team run better, I will put it on, but if it's occasionally useful or something, I prefer to leave it off because it might be used against me right. so it's if it's necessary for consistency or for my win con. I will put it on, but not, not too many.
0: One global I've noticed that's made its way onto your teams across the ages, so to speak, is the Mara global. And I know PK talked about how good that global is, but not a lot of people use it. Uh, can, can you talk to me about what you think about that global in particular and how you've put it to good use in the past?
2: Yeah, that, that global is so useful because it doesn't target. If people use something that prevents their characters from being targeted by globals, static field or something will not stop an overcrushing attacker and Mera will reduce most of the damage and it especially came in handy against fix it in global escalation because he was a major threat and Mera would just stop him
1: yep so I I take it you prefer to play direct damage strategies
2: well it it depends sometimes I just like to smash people's faces in but (laughs) generally it's it's more direct damage yeah (laughs)
0: One of the things I've noticed with your teams that you seem to be particularly good at, thinking about this Mirror Global in particular, is analyzing the meta and building a team around it. You have your wincon and then everything else seems to be you making really good choices about what you think you're going to see. Can you talk about that a little bit in terms of how you analyze the meta and that process?
2: Yeah, it's, it's always a bit of a guess, of course, what the meta's going to be like. Check things out on YouTube, know what people are playing, mostly and what you expect. There's always going to be some surprises, but the, the main teams, you, you can probably guess what you're going to face. And, you know, I try not to spend too much space of my team on any particular team to stop them, but I want to have a fighting chance against almost any team. So, yeah, I just mm-hmm. try to be prepared, but not over-prepared for anything in particular.
1: So do you always assume that the best team in your experience will be the team that rises to the top of the meta that you should prepare for? Or do you assume that the team that will rise to the top of the meta is the one that's getting the most press out on the internet?
2: Well, I, I like to look at the results too. Not just people talking about something, but actually things winning games a lot. That, that tells me that, that it's a good team and I should be prepared for it. For example, like Ben's Worlds team, that was really good, but hardly anyone played it at the European Open. But I, I was prepared for it, but my counter to that yep. was also counter to many other things. So. Well, yeah,
0: well,
1: we're going to get into that Wonder Woman
2: later.
0: <laughs> it really is yeah. a good card, you know. And people knew it right off the bat, but didn't see a lot of play. It's interesting, isn't well, it?
1: It's because I think it's because everybody wants to be able to run those powerful Wincons cons and powerful control cards, and you can't run a lot of those powerful control cards on the same team that you run Wonder Woman. Yeah,
0: that's true. It's true. Yeah, it takes a very special build, which you managed to crack. So we will definitely get into that. But before that, I want to get back because we were talking about starting scenes and doing all the things to get things up and running. And one of the things I really admired that you did in the past was you came up and made your own unofficial Nats. How did you come to do that and walk us through just... Because I think there's a lot... I heard from somebody, uh, or at least I saw on Discord recently, that somebody was planning on doing their own Nats. Gosh, what country was it? Portugal, yeah, Portugal was talking about doing their own Nats, which really excited me. So maybe you could talk about how you did it for the Netherlands and just how that all worked.
2: Yeah, it actually started off after I'd been to Central European Nats last year, Mm -hmm. and I really, really enjoyed myself. Because before that, I hadn't really played competitively. It was just drafts and casual play. But there, I, I really got a taste for the competitive play. And after that, I just really wanted something for the Netherlands as well, even though the scene is very small. And so I set out to to organize uh, something and I got in touch with anyone I could think of who might be able to to help me out with cool swag. And and I think I put together a very nice price package for that, Yeah, which I ended up winning. But, you know, that that wasn't (laughs) the idea (laughs) originally.
1: And uh, now that you've really gotten into the competitive scene, do you have any plans on coming to Worlds this year?
2: Not any direct plans, I'm afraid. If I can somehow find the money and the time, I might consider it, but currently <laughs> it's not in the cards.
0: <laughs> we would love to beat you face-to-face, so to speak, if we can make it as well.
2: Yeah, that would be amazing.
0: I, I want to put a pin on that, like, because the team that you played in your unofficial Dutch Nats was interesting, but I'm just trying to go chronologically here. Let's back up a little bit, because I think also the 2018 Central European Nats team that you played – Really gave a little bit of forecast to what you played in the open here. Let's go over. Do you have that team up in front of you? I'd love to go over it because speaking of wind conditions, it's got Nova the human rocket on it, which is basically the five cost version of that new Iceman.
2: So let's let's talk over that team if you can. Yeah, you also put that Nova to good use. If I remember it correctly, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I did at one point. I love that card. Yes,
0: <laughs> I, part of it is I love the art on it. I'm a sucker for good art. By yeah. any
2: way, you yeah. know that always helps. <laughs> yeah, so before uh, Central Ukraine Nats uh, last year, I had been playtesting a bit with a friend of mine, and in the end, we sort of concluded that Fix It would be a good option and Ultraman. Mm-hmm. But I still had this rare Nova in my collection that I had always enjoyed using. It had been the first card that I ever brought to a casual match that proved to be far too strong. And so ever since, I I sort of loved that card. And basically last minute decided to just play a Nova team instead of the other teams I had brought. So yeah, Nova's the main win condition. I put Super Rare Batgirl in there for some removal. Yeah, Good old Professor X, of course. Chewinga for bolts. Captain Cold Gun for removal. Mm-hmm. The Mirror Global, as they discussed before, for fix-its and such. And then Storm Weather Witch for her global to yeah. try to counter Ultraman.
0: Yep. Luke, could you read that global out for people who don't know that one? Because it is a really nice global to stop that Ultraman team.
2: Let's pay
1: a mask, change the target of an action die that targets a character die to the character die of your choice. So
0: they play Kryptonite, you Kryptonite Ultraman, right? For a mask. Yeah. That's the idea. I cool. miss it. But not really. <laughs> but again, this team is a really good... And then, of course, there was Magic Missile and Arch Nemesis yeah. on here. So this team is a really good example of what we were talking about earlier in terms of team building and synergy and anticipating the meta. Because you've got Nova and Batgirl, who both synergize so well and benefit from Magic Missile. You, know, you can use Magic Missile on both of them. You're protecting against Fix-It, which was one of the major threats with the Mirror Global. You're protecting against Ultraman, which is one of the other major
1: threats with the Storm Global. Lot to like about this team, and I mean, with Arch Nemesis, you can greatly increase the effects of Batgirl because, like, usually yeah. she has like one or two defense, you can change that to three,
0: exactly. Or if you see a blob or something else, you can flip them and then ping them with the magic missile and get rid of yeah. them.
2: So, those were the exact reasons I brought Arch Nemesis. Cool,
0: I mean, a lot of really good things. How'd the team play on the day? Lot because globals, I really like but... the team. I mean, global escalation, a lot of it is just. Who gets lucky
1: in his the It's globals, but like they're all globals which you can use better than your opponent. Yeah. How, how did it play on the day for you?
2: Well, yeah, it was mildly disappointing. In my first match, I faced a promo Iron Fist, Ooh. which I really hadn't taken into consideration <laughs> because I I had never yeah. actually seen that card in real life.
0: <laughs> Such a good
2: card, you know.
0: Speaking of which, you know that that old P Black Widow is like a shrunk down version of that, yeah. you know.
2: So, well, in anyway, some ways, she's on. actually yeah. better. How so? Do you think? Because she can't be targeted. Dealing costs? She
1: can't be targeted. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah, you are. That's okay, a very important
2: go? part. Yep. That's what really made her
0: shine.
1: Yep. That's a good point. Super annoying. I hate yeah. that thing so much. So you <laughs> ran
0: into that. So that can you set you off on the back foot from the get go? Yeah. Because yeah, pretty much the story he of the was tournament. Playing,
2: uh, and and also that the opponent was playing the the common hawk from the the mighty Thor. So oh, yeah. my, all my damage based removal was not a good idea. <laughs> right.
0: And that magic missile was helping yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, it could oh, well. gone better. I, I won my other matches, though, but uh, I, I think I made four right. in the tournament.
0: Great. Yeah, that just goes to show you so much of this game is about matchups. And and when we can say that the game is about matchups, it usually means you're
1: in a healthy meta.
2: Yeah, I think. definitely. But,
1: uh, Unless it's like a thing where it's about matchups, but the games are super, super slow. Mm. <laughs> That's kind of what we had at, at our most recent worlds. Like,
0: well, I, I I still think the meta was healthy, but. Everybody was running so many counters at Worlds.
1: I in think. in a meta where I tie the majority of my games, it doesn't matter if I'm running a can't team. Yeah, that meta but is too slow. Your
0: team was particularly a monkey's fist, but we'll <laughs> talk about that a little bit later. Uh,
1: so so let's get back to so you
0: came out of this and you were inspired and you you decided like, hey, I'm going to have my own Nats tournament. Which hats off to you. That's just awesome. I hope more people just kind of take the bull by the horns that way. But then you decided to run your team. I want to talk a little bit about your team at that you ran for your own official Dutch Nats because I think you were one of the first people to really crack the energy field as it previously was ruled atom combo that really went nuclear quickly.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was that was crazy. It was fun while it lasted. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Did you spot that thing right out of the gate, or did you kind of stumble on it? How did that come to pass?
2: Um. Yeah, w- when when the atom was spoiled, I was already like, well, that's pretty strong with mutation global mm-hmm. and such. And then there was the energy field global, <laughs> which was even better. So, yeah. Yep. And I had actually played that team in the uh, two-team takedown at the Chris and Rob game. Oh, okay. Uh, and I had done pretty well and so Mm -hmm. i was actually playtesting for dutch nats and i just had a box with all my two team takedown teams in them and and so we were playtesting and just on a whim mostly i just grabbed my adam and let's Let's see how this works. You know, I add Professor X to the equation, and that, yeah. <laughs> that worked fairly well. And so I was like, eh, maybe I should play this for the not. Yeah, 10 masks is
0: good game, right? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, global. <laughs> it's just one of the things I loved about that you had on that team, too, is one of my favorite cards. You know, talk about hijinks was the old Ring of Magnetism. Mm. It, yeah. Yeah, talk to me about how you used that because I, I always thought that card was, you know, I don't think we'll ever see it again because it causes so much chaos but it was fun while it lasted as you said yeah
2: for sure the one friend who still plays dice masters here he has a a super rare ultraman and that's the team he had mostly been using in preparation for Nats. so i I was pretty sure that he'd be using that so I, i needed a counter for that and i felt i could spare the two slots on the counter so
0: you would throw the ring onto Ultraman itself? Was no, no, I, I would throw it onto Mr. Miracle. Ah, okay. And Very then, cool. then, then
2: The two-cost Master Miracle can't be targeted? Is that Yeah. Thing?
1: I also noticed that you have Uncommon Dupe on your team. I really like that card.
2: Yeah, so I was considering the rare Storm in that slot, mm-hmm. but then I figured, you know, Storm is 50-50 chance, Dupe is 100% chance, I will probably only need to get rid of something yep. for a turn. Let's go for the guaranteed removal. And it's just so good. Yep.
1: Two escalation tournaments at US Nats. I was going through the same debate in my head. And the other thing that's huge pro-dupe is that in, in global, right, everything kills so fast. Yeah. So if you can just shut your opponent down for one turn, that's like one third of the game in almost every game, you know. And also it can't be pinged out by Iceman, Yeah. which is like...
0: I was watching Luke and play Craig Hubner at, I guess it was Global Escalation Nats last year. And that came up because Craig was running that Iceman. And Lucan had that uncommon dupe, and, you know, it took, if you get him on level three, it takes six bolts to yeah. KO him, yeah. so it really saved him, whereas Storm would be just yeah. one, you know, so... Maybe three yeah. if you're lucky. So yeah. it saved him, and that was the nice trade-off yeah. there.
2: Cool, what else was on that team? Constantine, anti-hero. Ah, there you go. Ah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That, that was to stop action-based stuff. Like imprisoned or something. Imprisoned yeah. at the time, right? Yeah.
1: And it can be a it can be a turn three kill consistently.
2: As as not consistently, but I I got turn three kills back half the time at the Dutch Nats. So, oh, seems, but seems it it pretty, can do turn uh, consistent four consistently. <laughs> but you you do need yeah. a lot of masks.
0: Yeah, you do. But at that time, if you combine that with morphing jar, it would be pretty easy. Morphing jar Clayface makes that thing it's super so... mean,
2: right? Yeah, I considered morphing jar as well but although it's a little tricky if you get a morphing jar and you go first then it's it's a little difficult to get rid of that extra energy sometimes so i kind of, I kind of prefer a two costs two cost mask character which mr miracle was which was handy dandy
0: yeah and he served two purposes not only did he fuel your pxg but he worked perfectly for
1: that ring of magnetism as well yeah yeah one of my but favorite things about that engine it was actually the same global escalation tournament Right, so there's an onlooker you saw the team fire off really quickly because of the clayface pxG morphing jar all that mask engine and I was using sunfire to get damage when it spins up and gives plus attack plus defense and then on the day of nats he changed his whole team because he thought that sunfire was the next bard. that <laughs> <laughs> sunfire was not really doing anything it was just it was the engine which was doing anything and he didn't you didn't do too well and i felt kind of bad for the oh, guy wow. <laughs> it's like he, uh, he thought that sunfire was the next half elf bard and it just it, it wasn't well that's another
0: card that does really well with a lot of masks and a broken energy field but otherwise it's, 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 it's not a much little much bit more itself. tame yeah. let's move on we do a section on our show called rolling blunders where we ask our guests to pick out one or two Humorous or instructive errors or in-game blunders they've committed and are willing to <laughs> share and put out to the world. Uh, do you have anything off the top of your head that, that might be instructive to the listeners?
2: Uh, yeah, well, I, I had one at the European Open, actually. We were playing a, a Thor draft, mm-hmm. and I had picked up a, a common pepper pots, and oh, then yeah. later I had picked up an uncommon pepper pots just for the extra die. And then <laughs> when we started playing, I had put the wrong card on my team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I've done that.
2: Ouch. And let's remind the listeners the difference between the two so that they can really feel the pain
0: a little bit here.
2: Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the common one basically gives you an extra die to roll. So that's that's nice. She can't attack, but you don't want to attack with those stats anyway. And the uncommon one gets a, an attack boost if she's the only one in the field or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Suddenly your team became a pepper pots aggro team. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, go for it. Though I'll tell you, that common one has bit me more than it's helped me half the time. Every time I play that card, because I'm always thinking, ah, I can get a little something extra. The piece that I really need to come out that term the one comes need. out when I pull her and has to wait for the next turn. Yeah, and I yeah. usually get killed at that moment.
1: You know? <laughs> also, when you use like stuff like Pepper Potter, I noticed in one of your old teams here, you use the Lex Luthor from War of Light. You have to kind of retrain your whole bag management system of thinking. Because now instead of drawing four, you're drawing five. Yeah which means that you have to prepare everything differently. That is true. Yeah, as a matter of
0: fact, let's. Well, while we have you on that, let's talk about that, because lucan has got that team out in front of him, and I'm curious, because this will be fun for people who are just playing fun local tournaments, because when on your one big weekend local scene, you guys
1: chose to play...
0: It a uh,
2: single affiliation. Single affiliation, yeah.
0: cool. And you played a villain's affiliation, right? I did. Lucan, can you uh, run down his team real quick? You've got it out in front of us.
1: Right? Oh, sure. So, it's the Uncommon Black Manta Deep Sea Deviant. It's the one that has retaliation, and you deal damage to your opponent for each villain that you have active when retaliation's there's the batman always prepared the rare that re-rolls all your opponents non-villains or villains good card lissa the one that while she's active at the beginning of your opponent's turn you name a character and if they field that character they pay two life Mm -hmm. the uncommon hush which ko's if there's a bat family and (laughs) you prep a die the batwoman uncommon who when she has common ground with a villain she can't be blocked if she attacks with that villain and the other side has a can't be blocked by non-villain character dice unless the defending player pays one per blocking character die there's Harley Quinn, Tough Cookie, the rare that at the beginning of your turn, if you control at least two different villains, uh, your opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Good card which to. is more. It's 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 more than you think. <laughs> um, Lex Luthor, Greed. It's a three-cost shield. While Lex Luthor is active, if you have more life than your opponent at the beginning of your turn, you can draw an additional die, which is pairing really well with Harley Quinn because. That thing, it makes you so that you literally always have more. It's quite miraculous. And also Fatality, who when fielded, she does one damage to target character for each different lantern color in play. Yeah, interesting.
0: So I'm assuming that the Hush Manta was the primary source of damage on that team. A, is that correct? And then B, what was your buy order generally when you are playing that
2: team? Yeah, actually, I I set out to build a team to sort of troll the format. Because if you look at the the basic actions, uh, you'll see team up in there which is not the most expected basic action in such a format. And so I I just wanted as many different affiliations as possible in the field, really, (laughs) and then swing in (laughs) with a giant team of thing, which I didn't do that often in the actual tournament because the rest was just working so well already. So what I would often do is just get a Harley Quinn and a Lex Luthor out as fast as possible to get that engine going Uh and then start going for the Lisa Drax To tax them and then Black Manta and and Hush if necessary. But it varied a bit. I tried to play around with it a bit. But I mostly won by just taxing people to death. (laughs) <laughs> oh,
0: interesting. Okay. I know I know Giordo has a particular loathing for the Hush-Manta combo, but I'd like to see the other things on here,
2: especially that Lex
0: Luthor card is a sneaky good ramp engine, really, if you can kind of get up on your opponent. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I'd always like that card, but you need a way to ensure that you have more life, So, and, and that's where Harley Quinn comes in.
0: Exactly. So that's a really good combo for those who are playing Legacy Leagues out there. Keep an eye on that one. <laughs> Sorry, I took a little detour there. But let's get back to Rolling Blunders. So that was the first one. That's that's awesome. You have a second one in, off the top um, of your head by any yeah, chance?
2: Yeah, another thing is just sometimes you buy something just because you can, because you, you kind of miss your role, and then you have a lot of energy, and you're thinking, oh, I can buy that one. Mm-hmm. But that's really not the die you want to buy at that point. So I, I had that in the One Big Weekend Online tournament, actually. In the, in the first round, I was playing Ben Scott. And you need to be on your toes when you're playing Ben. And I wasn't. And at some point, I missed my role, and I I was like, oh, I can buy a Batman. Let's just buy a Batman. And then he pulverized me with with, uh, Splinter's teachings, uh, stealing Batman stats.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's a good player with that. Transfer transfer Power Splinter's teachings. teachings. He knows how to play that thing, and it's a good card to practice with because it it, 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 it kind of twists the game inside out a
1: little bit. Whenever we have a new player on our scene and they're looking to improve quickly... We always say stick that card in your team every week for a month and you'll come back a much stronger player.
0: Let's go on to a section of the show we call Shenanigans and Shillelaghs. And in this section, we have the guests talk about a couple of their favorite combat tricks or other sneaky techniques. If you have a couple of them, we'd love to hear about it,
2: Peter. Well, there there's Splinter's Teachings. <laughs> it was one. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Tell us all about it. <laughs> yeah, it to be so much fun, especially if you can make sure that you have more shields than your opponent, then they're powerless to stop you, and you can just steal their best stats or put yeah. your best stats on another character. You can swap them back and forth. Yep. Yeah. It's also
0: great For defensively, sure. too, against yeah. things like Fix It or something, right? Yeah, if right? you still
2: have another character. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you need to keep one Psychic <laughs> yeah. alive. So uh, another one is uh, uh, Confront the Mighty, which is really good against certain characters. For example, Blob, especially with the the low attack on there. You can just steal their defensive (laughs) stats, put them on the attack of your Unblockable Ant-Man or something, and just hit them for eight. It's beautiful. (laughs) That's a
0: really good card. For two-gloss, too, it's really good. Patrick Barley, Shadowbuild loves to play that card with a bunch of hijinks. That's cool. Thank you. Let's move on to the Hall of, Fame.
3: Hall of
0: Fame. You know, here on our show, we love to talk about the history of the game and to give it out to some of the players who have semi-retired or retired who have really helped the game or made an imprint on the history of the game. So do you have anybody who you think should
2: be worthy of the hall? Yeah, I was actually thinking about that, and I assume they have played it as well, but they're not known for as a player, but mostly for creating what is now the Dice Coalition team builder. Yeah. So that, that started off as dm.retrobox.eu, which was a super useful resource back in the day. And uh-huh. I think uh, Truby has taken over now, but the original creator was Nutkey. Yeah. I used the team builder. All the time, I do all my major team building in there. I look stuff up in there. I I would be nowhere without it. So
0: for sure. Well, that's a great nomination. Nutkey, it is. Yeah, and we really all owe such a huge collective debt to Mr. Nutkey. If you're out there, because you really have built something that really permeates into the entire Dice Masters community, and kind of that we all we take it all for granted, really, because it's just. There now at this point, but we and we kind of forget that somebody had to come up with this, this yeah. system and make it work,
1: right? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I yeah. use <laughs> DM retro box all the time, and when it changed hands, I was like, "Wait, it's it's no longer it's it's no longer DM Retrobox. Like, <laughs> I have to go all the way to the Dice Coalition and click two buttons instead of one." Wow, it's <laughs> just <laughs> rough times. <laughs> so, Nucky, you have
0: been nominated for the Hall of Fame so let's talk european open and the first event at the european open this year was popper correct yes it was yeah all right well let's talk about your team you ran for that i I, one of the things i liked about looking over i want to thank true mr six for posting all of the team lists etc and one of the things i really liked is seeing all the various formats and seeing all the multiple winners and all the different ideas i think it is actually a sign of a very healthy meta but Let's dive into the popper first. What what did you run? I think it was a bolt team, correct?
2: Yeah, a bunch of bolt characters. Firefly. uh, That was the main wincon. Okay. I also had Boom Boom on there and Yanti just because. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Another (laughs) wincon. Yeah, for sure. And I had Huntress on there for removal and to kill my own Firefly. I had the Batrang on there for removal and to kill my own Firefly. (laughs) I had. (laughs) <laughs> I had Scarlet Witch on there because everyone had Scarlet Witch on their team, and she's a bolt character, so it makes sense. Yep, and just showing her for some extra bolt stuff. And then your basic actions were what? Throne brick and rez. I think so. Yeah. And
0: I love that you're using your own card abilities to KO your own characters. That's an example of advanced play that sometimes comes as a shock to up-and-coming players. Like, wait, I can use my Batarang on my own guy, or I can use Huntress on my own guy? Especially if you want to refield them, yes, you can. Well played, yeah, sir. <laughs> yeah, the, the
2: Huntress Firefly was a great combo in draft for Batman.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. So you know you have two very tantalizing win cons on here either Firefly or that T Boom Boom combo with thrown brick is pretty nasty yeah. too. So, but you seem to be favoring the Firefly one. Is yeah. that right?
2: Because I was expecting a lot of Scarlet Witches. Right. And right. and that doesn't really help your Boom Boom all that much. Right for sure. You can ask Chris. <laughs> right. And it <laughs> sounded
0: like everybody had Scarlet
2: Witches. Is that true? Like, I think literally everybody had her. So
0: can you talk to me a little bit about building for this pawper format first and then about how your team performed on the day?
2: Well, I had two options in in my mind as the main win cons. I was considering Firefly and Common Hulk Mm -hmm. from Mighty Thor. So I just built both those teams and tried them out against each other and and Firefly tended to win. So I went for that one. Cool. But the Mm -hmm. thing is that Firefly also tended to win because Hulk brought the magic missile global which i could use to kill my own firefly right and i had some matches where i was stuck with my fireflies on level three and having really no way to ko them
0: yeah you have to pay that fielding cost and then you can't get them off of the field that's hurts right yeah
2: so that 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 didn't really work out so well for me (laughs) in the end (laughs) but i know it was it was the first turn did you see
0: anything on the day that surprised you that you hadn't anticipated
2: uh not necessarily, no. There were some cards mm. I hadn't expected, but they were just a pleasant surprise more than a threat or anything.
0: Right. Yeah, that was the complaint about the popper Tournament, that it wasn't a deep enough card pool to make it quite as rich and interesting as one would like. Yeah. So how did the team perform on the day for you?
2: Well, I, I won my first match, and then the second match I was facing another team that also had Firefly. And at some point we both had our Fireflies in the field, but we couldn't get them out of the field we couldn't attack with them because then they'd block with their lower stats at Firefly and refill them. And, right. and so we just kept buying up all our Fireflies. And all of mine kept rolling level three, which is the hardest side to KO. So he won in the end because he, he could KO his Fireflies. Uh, I, I hear Johnny Cash thinking, wall of fire.
1: I hear him saying... <laughs> High fielding
2: costs. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fielding costs weren't the problem, though. It was just getting him out of the field that was the problem. And 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 he had scarred which, so I I never managed to roll my batterangs and stuff. So, and I I should have probably switched to an alternate Wincon at that point.
0: Were you able to use your Huntress trick at all to get your Fireflies out? No,
2: because Huntress kept rolling level one. (laughs) Mm.
1: Well, I mean, like with Battering, like the whole (laughs) with Battering, it's easy to do four damage because you get one from Yuanti and three from Battering. Yeah, but
2: then you still have to roll because just a scarf, which made every action-based strategy just a mess. Okay, well, I think Spug won
0: that tournament with a common Hulk team. Yeah. Right? Did, did you yeah. guys
2: match up at all? I, I did not play Spug in that tournament, no. There were only three rounds to that tournament because we didn't have that many players yet.
0: So you lose one, you're done pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, at least it sounds like it was a
2: good game while it lasted. Yeah, the second game was, it was fun. And then my third game, I just had the worst rolls ever. <laughs> so I stood absolutely no chance of winning that one because I just <laughs> couldn't roll a character to save my life.
0: So let's jump to Saturday night. You guys played a global escalation tournament, correct? We did, yeah. Talk to me about your team
2: on that and all that good stuff. Yeah, I played Captain America, chemistry project. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I always loved the two-face back in the day. That would deal his damage to the opponent as well as his blocker and Captain America sort of does the same. But I prefer Captain America because you can blink him back and then he still does the damage.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's he's super bad. (laughs) Lucan, can you read out the text on that card if you Uh, wouldn't? Because it is such a great card and not a lot of people play it and it's really, really a fun card to play.
1: So it's Captain America Chemistry Project, Five Cost Shield, Avengers Affiliation at the end of your attack step if captain america was blocked but not ko'd he deals damage equal to his attack to target opponent and um <laughs> this is the one from guardians so the only thing that is a bit of a turnoff is the tfc of five but yeah. aside from that it's really strong
0: yeah
2: yeah but you only have to pay that once and then you're good to go yep. good. yeah so you had cap what other cards did you have on the team well i i had professor x and clayface For that lovely combination Mm
0: -hmm. recruiting young mutants or trainer right
2: yeah recruiting young mutants because i have the promo and it's fancy (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's cool looking So, so i had those yeah and well i needed a force block so i had the giant spider on there i needed to make sure that my opponent had a blocker so i put a white tiger on there yeah there you go i needed a cheap mass character Preferably something that was also useful. So I got the Grey Hunter with Deadly. Yep. You know, he could serve as emergency removal with the Force Block.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Nice pairing.
2: I got Kobold on there for alternate ramp options and because of the fists. To pump Captain America. Yeah. To pump Captain America with the Cult global, <laughs> which of course is mandatory out here. Yeah. <laughs> which you know, when I first started playing, I always
0: thought that was once per turn. No, my friends, you can pump to the high heavens with
2: that global <laughs> yeah. once
0: you force somebody to block.
2: Yeah, so that yeah, that was fun combo.
0: And then you had Static Field to pull Captain America back, right? So yeah. You could not deploy. only
1: that, you also had Mera, which just is a. Yeah. Signification of just hating aggressive players in mean, both Mara and Static Field on the same team. I mean, that's just it's great, in yeah. In the words of Stephen DM Armada, cook us. <laughs> It's just rude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is very aggressive, this team. But
0: what's so sneaky about that combo is that it works aggressively, almost combat damage. Captain America feels like combat damage, it's even not- though it isn't. Yeah, You know, but it's direct damage, but it feels like combat damage because you're pumping with Kona Cold. So it's rare that you'll see a team with Static Field and Mara and Kona Cold on it. And here you've got all three. And so uh, hats off to you for that, my man. Thanks.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mostly put uh, Static Field on there to, to stop Beholder teams. Right. That, but luckily, yeah. everyone was a gentleman, and no one brought Beholder.
0: Right. Well, that does that. It's Talk about a card, that, again, that's doing multiple functions, right? It's yeah. working great with Captain America. It's stopping Beholder. Well done. Well played. So how, how did this team perform for you on
2: the day? Reasonably well. I, I won the first match, and then the second, I had to face Spug.
0: And what was he running? Out of he the top? was Do you running
2: a bunch of control. What was his win con? I forgot I don't think he had necessarily had a specific win con. He just would steal your stuff and use it against you with Rarecrow. <laughs> okay, <stuff. got> <laughs> uh but we played two games. In the first one I, I, I caught him off guard with Captain America because he I was not expecting him to do lethal in one turn.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Uh,
2: and then in the second game he bought up his Rarecrow quickly, and he bought up Ronin quickly. I couldn't get rid of them to do the damage. So we tied that one. And then uh, my third match was against the guy from Czech Republic, I think. I think it was Super Jimmy Mm -hmm. that he was playing and just couldn't really keep up with my team. So that that wasn't so much fun to play because it wasn't really fair. And then after that I had to play Hope Colossus and yeah, that hurt especially the Polaris on there that only Allows you to use one global per turn. Say goodbye to Professor
0: X, right? Yeah, say goodbye
2: to pumping your Captain America 10 times.
0: Yeah, that Clayface Cobalt fist pool can get really nasty yeah. quick, so that that Polaris puts a hurry. Yeah, on.
2: so that, that didn't do too well against that. And in the meantime, you keep taking damage from hope
0: so he just kind of shuts you down and just sat back on the couch and let colossus do his thing right? yeah
2: <laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> right it's right. also not so much fun to play against yeah it really is such a passive crushy team you know but <laughs> yeah cause, because i had to keep using my one global on my turn to force a block so i could attack with my gray hunter and ko is polaris but she kept coming back <sighs> and so yeah well, at least you were making him pay the fielding cost, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least there was that. <laughs> well but, played. you know, he didn't need so much energy because he just needed, like, the two characters in the field and he'd already be doing a bunch of damage to me every turn.
0: Right, right. Well, he got lucky to re-roll that Polaris, so... Yeah. So that was your loss that probably took you out of the running on that tournament, correct?
2: Yeah, well, it was also Swiss only, that tournament. Right. So I, I think I came in sixth... Okay. Or something.
1: Yeah. Uh, I usually have something against Swiss only tournaments because it's like if you lose or if you draw, you're you're out. You know. <laughs> I yeah. like there's there's something I really like about just sneaking into the top cut, beating the first seed, and and heading to the top table. You know, there's <laughs> something nice about that. Yeah. <laughs> that is fun. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm going to save the Euro 10 by 10 team because it sort of mirrors a lot of what you ran on your modern constructed team. So- it,
2: it does. It, it's mostly the same team. But I was originally going to play something else, but I had just come out of the final and they were going straight into the 10 10 and, and it just grabbed another <laughs> card, swapped some cards around and, and played the same team.
0: Fair enough. I got it. So let's just dive right in. Let's talk about your European Open team when did you start preparing for this tournament and when you heard it announced were you right on board like i'm going to this no matter what and did you start brewing at that point or how did that
2: work so peter chernak had already dropped some hints that there might be a european open happening so before it was officially announced we already kind of knew it was going to be happening and we already knew the dates that he was planning to have it so I was already thinking about it from then mm-hmm. then it was officially announced so I booked my plane tickets then I started thinking about it but I actually didn't get a lot of preparation in for the tournament because I I, I did some thinking and I some discussing with uh, Nick Wally. Mm-hmm. see he, he is also one of the great players it sure is shout out to Nick yeah and I, I knew that James and Chris were probably collaborating with Ben Scott so he, he wasn't an option <laughs> right <laughs> And so I like Nick's out-of-the-box thinking. He always comes up with teams that are different. Yes, he does.
0: Yes, he does. We're hoping to have Nick on the show, hopefully in the near future. So, Nick, if you're out there, say hi to those Cincinnati Bengals. (laughs) All right, so you were scratching heads, so to speak, with Nick Wally. And what were you thinking that was going to be your WinCon? Because you build around your WinCons. Yeah,
2: well, my immediate thought was I I want to use Iceman because he hadn't really got his chance to shine in the major tournaments so much. I think he made top two in Canadian Nats, mm-hmm. but, you know, in Worlds and U.S. Nats, he wasn't as present as you would have expected, maybe. And, you know, it's basically Rare Nova, right. but cheaper. So I really wanted to use him. So
0: you knew how to play that from before anyway, so that just felt natural to you, right?
2: Yeah, so yeah, I had some experience with that. But I, I did consider other things. Boom Boom is still really good, but, you know, Scarlet Witch is omnipresent, so yep. it's it's always tricky it, it, when it works it works really well but when it doesn't it's just awful
0: yeah you can really get a clogged bag if you're not careful with that yeah
2: and, and yeah collector knobby is always a good option of course but i, I just wanted something that just really brought back those, those old memories <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure sure yeah i mean nova was so good at five why yeah. not make him four right <laughs> all right well so iceman was on your radar and then what happened next
2: yeah so I, at first i had played iceman in one of the two team takedowns but i had a more aggressive build lots of bolts and just go as fast as possible yep but then i kept track of what other people were playing in, in some of the other tournaments and then chris williams played an iceman team in the thursday night dice fight in which she had wonder woman and uh what's his name steve rogers No, Steve, Steve Steve Trevor, Trevor.
1: Steve Irwin. (laughs) Nobody remembers
2: old poor
0: Steve (laughs) (laughs) Irwin, Rogers, Trevor, whatever. (laughs) Snake guy, (laughs) that guy. Um, <laughs> that guy yeah
2: yeah and then i was like yeah that is a pretty good combo oh yes it is that stops nabi that stops green lantern yeah maybe i should play that as well i thought we would see that
0: card i thought we would see wonder woman a ton at worlds in fact i was thinking about playing collector and i just knew that that wonder woman card you know when it first was announced we were calling that superman wonder woman set the wonder woman set because of that card it was so good and then it just never really showed up on too many teams. I remember Shadow Mel played it on a really cool Steve Trevor Wonder Woman, and then he was putting the uncommon Hella on and using it for this kind of super battering ram with the uh, yeah with the, Yarden, the uncommon. Bjorn, right. Yeah. And that was really cool. But beyond that, I really didn't see her very much, but I expected to see her and, and that's kind of why I stayed away from it. But Lucan built a team with it and played it with that Wonder Woman card. Lukan, you want to My, talk about your team oh, a little yeah, bit?
1: It was a little bit different from the way that, I guess, the Europeans have been playing it. But the way that I was doing is I, I had Misdirection and Wonder Woman. They go well together because Misdirection has Wonder Woman on it, and Wonder Woman has Wonder Woman on it. So you know, it's, <laughs> it's, That's true synergy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I tried to talk him into playing it with Steve Trevor. I kept begging him, and he would not do I it. I would not do it because, well, <laughs> no, I need, I, I need to shut other people down. The, what the goal was was to turn one, get a Misdirection, field sidekick, Turn two, you ramp as best you can, and that includes Atlas and Heimdall globals. Turn three, you roll seven dice, one misdirection, and six sidekicks. You try to roll for five energy, which you use to buy a Wonder Woman, and then you use a misdirection to swap in a sidekick, which you rolled on the first turn with the Wonder Woman that you just bought. Turn three, I would always have Wonder Woman in the field, very, very consistently. She would always be in the field on level one, stopping people from shrieking. I could pretty much always beat out a shriek and almost every wind condition because i could shut people down faster they can get set up because i could get my scarlet witch wonder woman and wrecker out surprisingly quickly mm. but then of course shutting down all their stuff does not <laughs> leave a ton of room for me shutting down their th- stuff that's shutting down me yeah. so i had this kind of tacked on wing condition a venerable dreadnought and a staff of the forgotten one which was mm. the wind condition I would last minute just get Dreadnought out there and try to clear enough the field and swing through for damage. Yeah. But,
0: the problem is his game was taking like two hours yeah. to get to that point. <laughs> exactly. Because I was I was
1: running up. I had I, I didn't get super lucky with the matchups and everybody I played had like some good countermeasures against me, mm. namely Dreadnought, who I, I made a kind of bad meta call and decided wouldn't be there. So I chose not to put Black Widow on my team. Uh. And so if I had Dreadnought and they had Dreadnought, we were just kind of having a, a Dreadnought off and mm. – Everything else was countered except for Dreadnought. Yeah. So we just kinda sit there in a stalemate and I'm like, Well if I had a you know a few more hours here, I'd I'd be set.
0: Yeah, that's why I really liked looking at your team, Peter, because you kinda cracked that code because the Wonder Woman is awesome card and she's super hard to do, but she kinda shuts down a lot of your own win cons too. So finding a win con that works with her can be challenging and it seems like you did that. So you got Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman. Tell us about the rest of your team.
2: Yeah, well so of course Iceman is there as the win con. Yep. Scarlet Witch to just Shut down boom booms
0: and fix it for that matter, you know. People have to for a proton
1: cannon or people who have to roll danger rooms, it can hurt that too. Yeah, it's just a pain because no matter what team you're up against, there's a solid chance that they rely to some degree on an action die.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, attune teams do, right? For sure. Sorry, all right. So, (laughs) so Scarlet Witch, what else you got out there? Yellow Latch Ring is my main source of bolts. Also, my main removal plan. Yep, double duty again, really well played. I had Clayface on there for the global Mm -hmm. to speed things
1: up. Well, well, really quickly, with Yellow Lantern, how how did you make sure that you were consistently able to field from the reserve pool? Luck. (laughs) Pure luck. (laughs) Yeah, there's only 10 slots. There's always
0: one spot where you go like, okay, this one I'm going to have to get lucky with, right? Yeah,
2: luckily I didn't have to remove that many things very often, but sometimes I just needed to be lucky and roll a sidekick. To make that work, because I I didn't have many cheap character options.
0: Was there any particular point in the tournament that you can remember where that yellow lantern ring saved your bacon?
2: Uh, Yeah, especially when I was playing Spug, because he was running collector and he was just collecting in a songbird every time mm-hmm. to take out my Iceman. Right. And so I, I could get rid of his collector and then get some damage in every once in a while.
0: Were you ever able in that game to pick up a second Iceman to prevent him from doing that kind of shenanigans? I was,
2: yeah. I, I learned from Chris's mistakes because he, he had played Spug before me mm-hmm. and he had neglected to buy a second Iceman. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not going to fall for that trap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you were able to watch the end of that game and, and kind of do a little reconnaissance?
2: Yeah, because I finished fairly quickly in my previous game. So I was just walking around a bit and I saw what was happening. And I think they drew in the end because Spud got him down to one life after turns, So it wasn't enough. So I, I learned from that. Lantern Ring was very useful. Also, in my top four match, I needed to get rid of a bishop. Ooh, right. It was a little difficult to get rid of with just magic missile. <laughs> yes, he is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you were able to do that and then ping through
2: with bolts on Iceman to get the win? Actually, we didn't. Get to finish the game because after time we, we were not finished, but I had more life. Wow, that sounds like a super wrestling match. Yeah, it was.
1: Who did you play?
2: It was Balaj. All right, and he was playing uh, a Jubilee Hope
0: combo. Oh yeah, that yeah. can be mean. That can be really mean. I played Shadow Mel, who's running that combo at Worlds, and I was fortunate enough to get my shriek out beforehand and shriek his Jubilee before he could use Hope to double her. Yeah, but yeah. he, interestingly enough used his hope to copy Professor X to give all his sidekicks super buffs and then right. he's was going to hit me with them. Mm-hmm. But we wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and it ended in a tie after a <laughs> <laughs> But it was fun. It was interesting. And it we, the, the game took really strange mm-hmm. and bizarre turns. Well,
1: While we're on the topic of Shadow Meld, there's probably something I should clear up from last episode. We were talking about the Manticore team that Shadow Meld was running. And I said, he used it to do some very underhanded things. I did not clarify <laughs> that I was talking about my father, not Shadowmeld. <laughs> so I should probably clarify that now. <laughs> Me, I'm
0: the underhanded one here. Yes, yeah, yes you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's finish off the team. So we've talked about Iceman. We've talked about Steve Trevor slash Irwin slash Rogers, <laughs> Wonder Woman, Unstable Canister, obviously Resurrection, Yellow entering Scarlet Witch, and Clayface. So that leaves two interesting slots. And these were the two spots that differed from Chris Williams' team, correct? Exactly. Green Devil Mask and Black Widow Agent. Tell me about those two cards and how they made their way on the team, and what was the thought process that went into your decision to put them on and change up what Chris had going?
2: Well, I I did some playtesting and the main problem was Atlantis teams Mm -hmm. for me, so I needed at least some answer to them. It was either going to be Green Devil Mask or Kate Bishop or Static Field for the Globals to at least stop that a little, and in the end I figured Green Devil Mask also pretty useful against collector teams, so Let's go for that. Sure is. And then I was thinking, you know, what am I going to do in the mirror? Yeah. I need some way to get an advantage there. Otherwise, it's just going to be a coin flip. And so I came up with Black Widow as an answer Mm -hmm. because she only slows Iceman down. But if their Iceman is slowed down and mine isn't, I should win.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also stops Dreadnought, who, you know, can show up unexpectedly and unpleasantly on the day, right?
2: That is is true. But, you know... Dreadnought can also be a liability against Iceman because if I only have Iceman and you attack me, then you're going to take a lot of damage. Yes.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> also, I don't know if those Tabaxi Rogue teams are still popular around these days. I know that Joe still just, likes to run them on occasion.
2: I, <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <but I, laughs> it's I a good I team. I have actually right? anyone beside Joe really put that to good use.
1: Yeah, well, I played two Tabaxi Rogue teams at US Nats. Okay. And. Neither of them ended up doing too well. But they're solid. They're, they're solid. hard teams
0: to crack.
1: In my experience, a tavaxi Rogue team is usually a team which is just too competitive for casual, but just too casual for competitive.
0: Well, it relies on Green Devil Mask, and Green Devil Mask is inherently unreliable because it's, you know, maybe you reroll, maybe you don't. And if you don't, great. If you do... Uh, yeah. <laughs> so...
2: Did you end up buying that Green Devil mask against Spug when you played him? I did not, actually. Because he was running the Collector he team. He was running Collector mm-hmm. team, but he, he was running it fairly leanly, just going on Danger Room and then collecting in Nobby. Right. So you had Wonder Woman and Scarlet Witch would really hurt that team, right? Yeah. Were you able to get those both out in the field? I got Wonder Woman out very early, although I, I did have to hard buy her because I didn't roll my Steve Trevor the first time around. Ooh, ouch, right. But I had five energy, and so I just bought her. And then she came around next turn
1: luckily. So how did you make sure with Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor that you would get Wonder Woman in the field before they could Shriek your Wonder Woman?
2: Not necessarily. I figured if they put out Shriek, I could just ping her off. And then she's not coming back,
0: right? (laughs) And then she's not coming
2: back. So yeah. If they had Shriek and like wonder woman child of clay or something i'd be in trouble
0: right i know originally you were thinking about having shriek on the team you were thinking about it and yeah. she doesn't pair so well with that wonder woman no especially wonder woman and unstable canister yeah. is that the reason why you decided to take her off
2: yeah that was that was the main reason yeah because i figured it's just going to be more of a tax than an actual answer to something right
0: right I mean she is bolts that you can feed into Iceman, so but that is true. you know. <laughs> did you did you ever end up running into Wreckers or Polaris?
2: Uh no, thankfully not. Yeah, it's interesting. I,
0: I really like this team. It's got some really great synergy. It's interesting to see it in comparison to Worlds, because Worlds I think a lot of people were building against Iceman. I know I had the uncommon Nova Core on my mm-hmm. team, you know, a lot of other people had that Sam Wilson Global. Some other people were running the Blackbird. So there was a lot of Iceman hate floating around out there. And it made for kind of a giant knot. I think it allowed teams like Ben's team to kind of Cruise around the edge and get through past all the Iceman. And, and it know? was it
1: was also a really weird meta game because everybody was on the days leading up to the actual event was trying to convince everybody else that Iceman would be there <laughs> by bringing all the counter cards so that right. on the day of they wouldn't have to use the spot on their team to counter Iceman. Mm. And it kind of worked because there wasn't a ton of Iceman. I mean, he was around and performed actually quite well, but there wasn't a ton of him. Right? You know, people are always trying to be like, look, look, I, I have Nova Corps uniform, I have. Sam Wilson, like, you should definitely not play this tomorrow, because right. I'm not going to be countering it. <laughs> well, one
0: thing I really like about this, because it's been a long time since we have got product, you know, I mean, I started feeling a little bit like the cards were starting to get stale, even by the time Worlds came around, and here we are a few months after that, and still we haven't got new cards, but I look at these lists, and I see, guess what, you know, the meta is healthy enough that we're still brewing new and interesting teams, so, you know, like, I really like your team, we hadn't seen that at Worlds, and it's new, and it's cool, so let's talk about the day so walk us through the swiss and, and into the top eight top four and the final if you would
2: all right in the first round i played uh, Dedoc from spain mm-hmm. and he was running unblockable yanti and he had actually paired her up with the common uh, novacore uniform so at first when i saw novacore uniform across the table from me i was like oh no <laughs> first round right, right, right. Hard counter to my ice, man. <laughs> right. but then it turned out to be the more favorable for me and yeah, that game, I, I realized I would be the beat down. I just bought my Ice Man. I went second, so I bought Iceman on the first turn. Bought my Scarlet Witch on the second turn, oh, wow. rezed, and just kept going. Yeah,
0: I'm sure that wasn't too pleasant for D deck at no. that point because yeah, that's really kind of a hard counter to his team.
2: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was it. Was unfortunate for him, but it was it was a fun mm-hmm. build though. It was there were some different cards. I don't recall the exact team composition, but there were some unexpected cards on there
0: yeah i'm really glad that barcelona guys got out there and were able to play i was happy to hear them on james's interview yeah
2: yeah i haven't heard the episode yet with the interviews because it came out today but i'm looking forward to listening to that <laughs> yeah i have got some
0: surprises yeah. in there so all right so round one was didak what, what who's in round two uh
2: round two i played uh, josef from slovakia uh-huh. uh, He was also running ice man
0: oh okay so I saw
2: exactly so that, that's when i <laughs> Got my Black Widow out. Uh-huh. And that just really skewed the balance in my favor. He he hadn't really anticipated Black Widow. But interestingly, he was the same guy that brought promo Iron Fist last year to the Global Escalation Church. Turn <laughs> about that's his true. fair play, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> okay. so it's okay, interesting that, that it's the same ability. Yeah.
2: So that, that yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that went fairly well for me. And then uh, the third round I had to play spug. With his collector knobby team, I just my first thir- first thought was I, I gotta get one woman out asap, and she took a little longer than planned, but still I could get her out. Just do damage with with my ice man before he got his collector out, and then occasionally do some more damage when I could, could, could get rid of his collector, and then I bought. That Iceman.
0: sounded like a great game.
2: Yeah, it really was a chess match, and it was nail Biter because at some point he he had bought up a bunch of his Billy clubs, and his only chance was to get rid of my Wonder Woman with Billy Club because <laughs> right. she, she was on level three, so her defense was too high. You couldn't get enough bolts to get rid of her. And at some point, I think I had two Wonder Women actually in, in play, So, it, but one was on level one and the other was on, on level three. So he, he could have gotten rid of the level three one and then pinged off the level one one. But it was a 50-50 shot and Wonder Woman came back. If she hadn't, he right. would have won that match on that
0: turn. Interesting, yeah. You guys have have butted heads in the past, right? How many times have you played Spug in the past before this?
2: Um, yeah, we played each other in qualifiers for Central European Nats last year. That was the first time. Then we played each other in the modern tournament and global escalation and also in the ten ten. Awesome.
0: Yeah. So he's a great player, the reigning Central European champion, I believe.
2: Yeah. So also the reigning unofficial UK Nats champion.
0: Hey there, you go. So, Clash of the Titans, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great game. And he must have just really, when he looked across the. If you're playing that, like I said, I'm, as a collector player, if I look across the table and I see that five cost Wonder Woman, you know, yeah, I, it's I, just I, a pit drops into my stomach. I, I felt a, a little tough, bad to Spug
2: actually, because he, he had, in the previous <laughs> round, <laughs> no, because in the previous round he had played Chris who. Running almost the exact same well, team. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know,
0: hats off to him, though. Like, he spotted the one thing that he could do, which was grab that billy club and pray for rain. Yeah. And that's the sign of a great player. You just keep fighting even if you're
1: in a bad matchup. Yeah. You, you, see, know? you see the one route. You're like, if there's an 80% chance of me having a very yeah. long, drawn-out death this way versus me having a 20% chance of actually being able to do something if I get my rules and win, maybe? I mean, that's yeah. 20% is the way that uh, I you I mean, go. It's looking I at your two teams on that. paper to say
0: like, hey, he came down to having a 50-50 shot of winning is a sign of a really good pilot, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. Cool. So then who came
2: after Spud? Uh, that was actually James. Last round of Swiss, I think James and I were both undefeated at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were already sure of making top eight. And, yeah, another Iceman mirror. Uh,
0: he was running a more pedal of the metal yeah, Iceman yeah. team, right?
2: Yeah, it was a lot more aggressive. And so, yeah, I got my Black Widow out as fast as possible. I got my Iceman out as fast as possible and just, you know, kept doing a little more damage to him than he was doing to me. We did go to turns, but I could kill him just before it was over. Same with Spug, actually. We also went to turns. Wow, okay. Wow.
0: And you just touched him out before the end, huh? Yeah. Nice. Okay, so you finished Swiss 4-0. Indeed. And we're the top seed going into the top eight, which was played that Saturday evening, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah we played right after,
0: yeah. And who did
2: you match up with in top eight? I faced Joseph again. Oh, okay. So, and and the, the results were fairly similar.
0: So Black Widow came out. Yeah. Sounds like Black Widow was really your superstar, your MVP on your oh, team. Oh, yeah, Would you...
2: especially in the Iceman Mirrors. Right. And in my next match, which is coming up, she she really pulled her weight
0: Okay, so that match happened the next morning, right? Yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah. Okay, now, uh, rumor has it that you went out and had a few drinks that Saturday night and threw Laurie Hayes recommendations out the window. Yeah, I, but, uh, I can confirm those rumors, <laughs> yes. It, tell uh, us about your Saturday <laughs> evening. I'm curious.
2: Well, actually, just uh, um, after the, the Global Escalation Tournament on Saturday night, we went out for dinner and, and a couple of beers and there was a the plan to return to the game store to just play a draft or something but it, it was already kind of late so the other people went home but there were some people still at the game store and I was staying just across the road from there so I just went by to say hi and then <laughs> it turned out that the, there were the, the Hungarian players and they had brought Palinkaf <laughs> from hungary and and so they offered me some so i was like oh, well, i'll just have one glass and <laughs> yeah, one glass one, with the hungarians one, never turns one, out to be the way it turned into half a bottle and you know so I, this is like 3 a.m by the time i went back to my apartment <laughs> and then i had to be there again at the nine in the morning to to play my top Ooh, against one of those hungarians right. so you know he, did, he had a short night as well
0: <laughs> okay so that's at least
2: fair yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> level playing field at yeah. any rate right <laughs> oh that's
0: great all right so who, who was it that you played in the top four?
2: Uh, yeah that was uh, Bolash. oh it's
0: Bolash yeah. again okay great what a great player what was he running out of curiosity i loved his global escalation team i mean i'm a huge fan of that ring of magnetism earth x
2: machine man combo yeah yeah he was running something similar to that last year in the global escalation tournament only then he had the uh, uh-huh. rare raven and he had now realized that the Earth x machine man w- would be even better
0: yep so nasty yeah. i i love that card it's sneaky good it doesn't read that well but when you put it to use yeah it's, it's like, pretty oh, good
2: oh, that that is pretty good <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and the modern tournament he was running uh, jubilee the super rare yes yeah, right that's right the jubilee uh, hope combo right and he also had a surprise rachel summers on there yeah that he, for the bomb that he had used to the white fields
0: yeah can you remind us what that card says because it's it's the blow up everybody if an x-men gets ko'd correct
1: yeah everything except her. yeah I've, <laughs> I've been waiting to use that this is why i am so impatient for the D set because you take the rare green devil mask from Two of annihilation Plus Hope Summers' pluripotent exopraxia, plus Rachel Summers who blows up whenever an X Men is KO'd, plus Nihilor from the upcoming D and D set. Right now, there's no way to like KO <laughs> on your opponent's he's turn. He's so excited about it. he's giving KO away secrets. <laughs> I, I don't. It's a podcast. If we don't give away our secrets, like what's the point of listening in? You know, it's, yeah. it's a community service. Anyway, so <laughs> you, you KO it on your opponent's turn. Everything explodes. And then, since Green Devil Mask, all your stuff comes back on level three, no less, and all their stuff is gone. And you have a big roll full of sidekicks, whatever is in your prep area bag use pile. It's going to be great. And you hope it's... you go through for lethal at exactly. that point. <laughs> it, it, can, it can only be great if we actually get the set. There but you are. Enough. Enough. <laughs> so jokes how, at WizKids' expense. <laughs> so how did it
0: go, against Balaj? It sounds like the last time you guys kind of knotted it up pretty good. So how did it? How did it go with you this time?
2: Yeah. So this is the match where I actually. Black Widow was the the main star because she shut Mm -hmm. down Jubilee completely. Yeah. And his alternate use of Jubilee was to ping his own characters, but even that didn't work. Right. Because his idea was to get Rachel Summers out then and then to kill Jubilee with her own ability and then get Rachel Summers to trigger.
0: But So did he have any answer at all for Black Widow? Had he prepared for it?
2: He did not, no. No, he didn't didn't have it. I think uh, yeah, he had Mutation, which was this tricky removal thing. But yeah. I, I saw that coming, so I made sure to, to have no characters in my use pile at all times.
0: So in this case, Steve Trevor, did you just not buy him? To oh keep him oh away yes, from I him, did.
2: I also got Steve Trevor out, and then got Wonder Woman out to shut down his Hope Summers and his mm-hmm. Mimic Ramp, so he wouldn't be able to get to his Rachel Summers just buying her. There you go.
0: Talk to me about because that is so good. There's not a lot of counters to mimic, but that Wonder Woman is. Talk to us a little bit about that because that Mimic Ramp is so good, and if you can shut it off. I love the idea of that Wonder Woman on canister. T- tell me, how did you put that to good use in practice?
2: Yeah, because usually they would get Mimic out before I could get my Wonder Woman out, but then it was just one bolt, right? And their Mimic was gone, and it would be useless.
0: Because once Wonder Woman hits the field, the field abilities are shut off. So exactly. goodnight Mimic, right? Really yeah, good. Yeah, so it does nothing. So that also worked really well
2: against Spug. Mm-hmm. I bet. Because he was also running Mimic ramp.
0: All right, so I'm assuming that you just kind of were able to shut him down with Black Widow and then cruise to victory with Iceman, uh, right? Well, game?
2: yeah, well, he had a rare Bishop, so that was Ooh, a bit of an right. issue.
0: <laughs> That's where the yellow lantern ring came in, yeah. right?
2: Okay. Yeah, so actually I knew Bishop was coming up at one point and I had just fielded my Man on, on level 3 and he had an empty field. I had 3 bolts, so I just attacked with Ice Man and pinged him 3 times to just get 10 damage in early. And then you won on life, right? Yeah, and then we went to on life, so that, that was a smart decision in the end. I think oh, I could have taken him in the end if we had had more time. But that, that, that right. made sure I... But that did the trick. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a smart tactical play. All right. So let's move on to the final. Yes. And I have a very special guest to bring in to help jog your memory. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Our inside man, former 2017 Central European champion, one big weekend reigning champion, Mr. James Bloor! Hello! James, welcome back. Thank you very much for having me. (laughs) Oh, thank you for joining us. We've decided to tag you in right at the end because we've built up with Peter at this point all the way through the European Open to the final match. And the two of you were meeting in a rematch from the end of Swiss. So... Let's talk about the setup. You had, a, had had an evening. Well, actually, before we even get into that, I have one question I have to ask you. What were you thinking with Super Rare Malekith? What was your thought process? <laughs> and, and putting him oh, on the dear. team, I'm, well, I'm really curious because it <laughs> seems like a case of like second-guessing so much that he came on. What was it that was worrying yeah. you so much?
4: Yeah, no, you, you nailed it there. Uh, the previous year, I'd actually I'd gone with an Ultraman team because the format was Global Escalation. And I can't quite remember how it went, but for some reason I put Power on my team in a, in a sort of last minute fit of stupidity. Right. And this year I did exactly the same. I I think I think I was uh, the night before I stayed up sort of worrying about what call it that uh, uniform the Nova Corps uniform. Right. And I was thinking, well, what am I going to do about that? And then in the end, I thought I would try and optimize <laughs> stupidly. This is late night thinking. I thought I would just try and optimize for being able to easily deal with whatever came my way just pushing the speed so i didn't want that to be any kind of speed bump for me so i thought i know well you know i can get around that <laughs> right but so yeah. I, actually, I actually won that in the one big weekend thing i didn't have it previously i thought i'll, I'll use the super rare that i won and that'll be a good idea <laughs> <laughs>
0: go back to the old magic missile rush i love it magic missile rush for the win all right. yeah. <laughs> and just and well you can ping your ice man too and do all kinds of cool stuff but there
4: you go <laughs> yeah no it, it was mostly about trying to avoid another corpse uniform but obviously i it, I, I thought about it afterwards, and I don't really have too many regrets. I either, in re- in reality, I should have put either Nova Corps Uniform or Black Widow on my team. Right. But if I'd done that. As I said on the recordings, I think if I'd done Black Widow, it would have been such a tedious
0: wow, game. Sure. It would have been a super slog. And if it had
4: been Nova Corps uniform, then, then what else would he have done with his bolts than bolt out my Iceman? So it would have been equally tedious, I think.
0: Right. Well, interesting. It sounds like you guys had a slog nonetheless. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and I'm curious. Let's talk us through, because I think this will be instructive for all those folks who are out there wondering how to play against Iceman. We have an ice-off here with two players who really know how to play and win and combat, Iceman. So I'd love to hear the buy order, how you guys came out, how the things got locked up, how it even went to turns. Because first blush, you look at this and you think, wow, this is going to go fast one way or the other. But no. So let's start off. Who won the roll
2: off and take it away?
4: I think I'll let Peter speak because I-, I suspect his memory is probably a bit better than mine.
2: <laughs> Don't be too sure. Go
4: for it, Peter. What-, what can you remember?
2: I'm pretty sure James won the roll off and... I forgot what he bought on his first turn. But I bought my Iceman on my first turn. Right. And then my Black Widow on second turn, and then I rezzed.
0: So you had your two key cards already, and you were ready to set up and go.
2: If
4: I went first, I probably bought Lantern Ring. If I'd gone second, it would have been Shriek. I don't know, actually. It could have been either one, couldn't it? Either Shriek or Lantern Ring. Probably- mm-hmm.
2: I don't think you bought Shriek. Until
4: I have a feeling it was Lansing, and I think it probably should have been true.
2: Right.
0: Interesting. Okay. Well, so people know, I've been in touch with Peter Cernak. He's been super, super swamped. It's Christmas season, and he runs a game <laughs> store. So he is yeah. like – yeah, he's like an accountant during tax season right now, and he just hasn't had any time to put up the games yet. But he's planning on doing that shortly after Christmas when the crush runs down. So – be interesting to check your memories against the actual game tape so to speak and for those of you who get the opportunity to play on stream one of the best ways of improving really is to go over your games afterwards so just so you know guys that's that's out there in the future for you for to check
4: your memories right
1: now if you can bear it yeah it's i have true. A, one one other question really quickly when you were entering the game when you were trying to analyze each other's teams, think about what you would do. What were you worried about on each other's teams? And what was your pregame process that you went through? Yeah, interesting.
4: <laughs> You're assuming a process. <laughs> um, well, I was concerned about Black Widow, and I don't know if I really thought it through. I think, I mean, I had a couple of, I had basically either Lantern Ring, the Weaponer's Ring, or Shriek. And I think, honestly, I should have gone for a couple of Shrieks like I did against Chris before, which, which might have pushed him into buying the Wonder Woman which would have made things different a bit. But I think I ended up going with the, the, the weapon as ring for a bit too long. And then I, I did buy Shriek eventually. But uh, yes, that was, that was my thinking such as it was. So James, when you're thinking
0: about it, I mean, you looking across the table and he's got multiple Shriek targets, right? Either that black widow or his Iceman would be good targets. You were thinking going after that black widow or what was your plan with that with Shriek if you had her?
4: Um, I probably would have, tough tough call right Um, yeah that is is a tough call it's one of it's it's one or the other
0: can you do a quick favor can you give us a quick rundown of what's on your team so we can know what the matchup
4: was actually wow this was two weeks ago (laughs) (laughs) i can can tell you about the uh i can tell you about the thunderbolts team which is on my (laughs) map i had professor x i think Mm -hmm. and techno and that was, my, that was my sort of rampy stuff. Right, And I definitely had Shriek and Weaponer's Ring for removal. And bolts. right. I had the ridiculous Super Rare Monarchist as we discussed. <laughs> and Iceman. How many does that make?
0: Six or seven there. Uh, Mjolnir as well. Mjolnir, Mjolnir. As, a, as a
4: fixer. Right. And Static Field and Magic Missile? Did that? Yeah. I think yeah. I didn't bring a Prep Global issue. should no, Other people would I, think so, yeah. I don't think I had that. I'm not sure. Okay, great. I think Scarlet Witch was my last card actually. I think I also had that. I think... I possibly played a little better against Chris than I did against Peter because I made him cry with two shrieks. Double shriek, yeah. That might have been that might have been a way out of the bind that, that we were in. Right. But I didn't buy the second shriek as far as I recall. I, I think I bought the first one a bit too late, to be honest.
0: Okay, so you bought Weaponers Ring first, James, and then what did you do you remember what you bought second by any chance?
4: It would either have been Shriek or Iceman, it was one or the other. Yeah. Right. I
0: think okay. it was Iceman. It was Iceman. I, yeah. So you weren't able to res then at the end of turn two, probably. I think
4: I think I probably had a sidekick in the field, which I switched down to a bolt, and then probably I did manage to resurrect. Very good. Okay. Or, or
2: or you used playface. Oh, yeah, yeah, that could work too. Which I brought.
4: One or the other. I think I probably did manage to res to set it back.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, great. So we're on to the critical turn three. So, Peter, were you able to land your Iceman and your uh, Promo Black Widow on turn three? I, or? I
2: actually missed my Iceman initially. Okay, but Black Widow uh, came out. Uh, might have been the previous game, though.
4: Yeah, I think I think that was the first game. Yeah, in the Swiss.
2: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, in this one, I probably got him out as well as Black Widow on my third. Yeah. So, so you were really already on the back foot
0: at that point, James. Right out of the gate, it sounds like in this game. How did you manage to fight your way back?
4: absolutely no idea i I, I don't know i don't think i did feel particularly on the back foot because with iceman if you've both got a source of bolts Mm -hmm. um, which obviously we both did you can contain the damage it does and as i said during the interviews you can stall the person out. and i think we both stalled each other out quite a lot for quite a long time yeah and it was just each of us did a burst of damage and mine was a bit less than his and i think that was telling
0: for those of us who are newer to the Iceman off, talk, talk about practically how you would do that. I mean, you've got some things on the table, it looks like, between Clayface and Yellow Lantern Ring and stuff. It, it, it just practically, imagine you're talking to somebody who has never really played against Iceman before. How were you in this games practically stalling each other out?
2: Well, one of the main tactics to stall Iceman is by actually hitting him with damage before the attack step, because his ability only works during the attack step.
0: Right. I'm going to read his card just so people can follow along. It says, when Iceman takes damage during the attack step, and that's the important part here, he deals two damage to target opponent. So if you can do the damage to him before he gets the attack step, you know, well played, right?
4: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, especially if your Iceman is on the level one, where he's got four four defense? Four. Yeah, he's one, yeah. two,
0: four on level one.
4: So if your opponent's sitting on a bolt and maybe a mask for a clay face, so they, maybe they've got a bolt or two off, off on a weapon as ring, and then on the opponent's turn, you can clay face that back in for some more bolts.
0: <laughs> right. And just for the folks who are listening, this is also a very effective strategy to use against Fix-It as well. Indeed. Because they've got to ping him to bring him up, and then you can knock him out before he hits you. So... Uh, but anyway, so so that's what you guys were doing. And were you kind of keeping an eye on the other person's ability to do this and deciding not to attack, et cetera, et cetera? Is that how the game got stalled out? Yeah.
4: I think it was, from my point of view, I was looking for an opportunity where I could actually buy something else rather than pouring all my bolts into either my own Iceman or, or Peter's Iceman to store him. I think right. that's how the Iceman game game goes. Beyond you know him having Black Widow, for example, it's... Very easy, I think, to get sucked into just pouring everything you have into either hitting your own Iceman or the opponents and not buying new stuff. So I was looking for a window where I could not die because I'd taken some of the defense off his Iceman but still managed to buy something like an extra Shriek or a second Iceman.
0: Right. A lot of times because you have to save so many bolts, that's where you end up buying a lot of two costs because you need to save enough bolts. So did you end up having too many weaponers rings at a certain point in time, or were you able to just reach for shriek? Or how how did that play? I out? I only have remember? two
4: weaponers rings because I refused to buy multiple. Packs. <laughs>
1: right there, you go. Very good. I, good I borrowed some extra. <laughs> and uh, do you, in hindsight, wish that you'd had a more sustainable ramp engine that could have got you more dice every turn, or would that have just slowed you down to the point? Do you think where you could just not have beaten each other if you had had to slow down for like? a mimic or something like that
4: uh, i played against ben and he played mimic ramp with iceman and it does work quite well but mm-hmm. i think it's on it's on the edge whether you have time for that
0: yep. yeah yeah because the team is so pacey it does help you get out of parody a little bit though yeah
4: it, absolutely if you don't get killed fairly soon then you definitely have the edge in the sort of medium to long term yeah
0: so what were the critical moments in this game that you guys remember <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the missing the first Ice Man for you, Peter, actually turned out to be a blessing. Or at least in the Swiss game.
2: Yeah, the, the, in Swiss, yeah, yeah. I think in the final, it was actually mostly the fact that I managed to get some early damage in against James. So I, I was ahead on life, and he had trouble catching up because if he could deal me damage, I could deal it right back.
0: Right. How did you get that early damage in? What when did they, would you say that was? Turn three, turn four, turn five. When did you think that damage happened?
2: <laughs> um. Six, seven, six maybe. Yeah, yeah. that's that considered early in, in this particular match, because it went on for a long time. <laughs> and, and how did that
0: opportunity come up that you were able to do that damage? Do you remember?
4: In my case, it was probably a weapon as ring, so I could get rid of that flipping Black Widow. She came out pretty early, didn't she? <laughs> yeah. She did. So I had to get rid of that, and I might have done six or something, and then Peter, a couple of turns later, did eight, I think. That's my memory.
2: Yeah. Just getting lucky with your opponent not having enough bolts to stop you that turn, and then getting as much in as possible.
0: Right, yeah, yep. kind of keeping your eye, so maybe you had all your yellow or anti-rings stuck in your bag instead of the use pile, so you couldn't clay face them out or something. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah, it was probably a question of a
4: turn where somebody couldn't clayface face them, a double, double bolt in.
0: Or Interesting, okay. So this thing ground all the way down to time and, and to turns. <laughs> how, how did this thing finally end? I mean, it sounds like it was, must have been just exhausting mentally. I had
4: to punch Peter in the face repeatedly.
0: <laughs> Did you have a crowd around you watching at this point? I mean, was there people <laughs> hanging around, or, or had everybody just checked out at this point?
4: Yeah, no, 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 no. It was, it was, they were all gathered around, shouting, "Fight, fight fight, <laughs> fight, fight, fight!" And all the multiple European languages that are out there—that sounds awesome. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh
2: I think actually they had already started the the ten ten tournament at that time, so no one was actually watching the match. <laughs> uh So yeah, uh, we we went to turns. I think James had killed my Iceman at one point, and then the next turn I needed to roll him back. And if I did, I could win. And if I didn't, I would probably lose.
0: All right. Okay. Now now this is coming back to me from your interview, James. So there is this crucial moment where it sounds yeah, the
4: turn before that I had a dilemma.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about it. But it seems like you pulled some stuff out of your bag that you would have preferred to pull out the next turn, right? <laughs> I,
4: yeah, I'm, I'm quite curious to watch this on the video myself. But right. It was, so. It was a total of six turns: zero, one, two, three, four, five. And I would have had turn five, I think. Yeah, yeah. the one, the one that's labeled. Three, four, five. So turn three Three. So the fourth turn, but the one one that's called turn three. Um, (laughs) Just to make it confusing as a whole (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think I pinged his, his Iceman out, and I had to decide. Basically, yeah, it must have been a choice between keeping back bolts to keep myself alive or just pushing a bit of extra damage. And I had to push for the damage and hope his Iceman didn't come back because he had done two or four more damage to me earlier in the game, like half an hour previously. Right. And I had that sort of dilemma where I had to either keep the bolts and sit back and survive until turn five. But on turn five, because Black Widow was there, I probably, and because I was only drawing four dice, maybe five, I wouldn't have been able to push through enough damage to level the scores. I think that's how it was. Right. And so I I either waited for that and probably didn't win in a bit of an anticlimax, or I went for broke and didn't keep the bolts back, pushed them into my own Iceman, did sufficient damage to exceed how much damage he'd done to me and then hope to hell he didn't roll his Iceman back.
0: You also had, I think the other issue was that you had pulled your yellow lantern rings on turn three when you were hoping to pull them turn five, and you had to use one of them to get Black Widow off to be able to do the damage. Wasn't that a part of the issue,
4: right? Well, yes, certainly the I think it had rolled, and I managed to, yes, I, I, that was the turn, turn three, where I managed to get Black Widow out of the field. Yeah. So that was my opportunity to do a, a good chunk of damage. And yes, then both rings that I'd bought on turn five would have been in the use some, somewhere lost in my bag. I think. Right. I bag, so I might have pulled them, but the chances of that I think were less than the chances of him not rolling back his eyes. Right. Well, it sounds
0: like you made the right call. I mean, you yeah, still got a 75% chance, but you can't fault yourself for making the right call. Even if it's a 25% chance, it's 25% beats zero. Right.
4: So. <laughs> I think it was sort of 25% beating about 5 or 10%. I think, yeah. I, I don't know, maybe maybe Peter has better insight. Maybe when we see the video, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll right. kick myself. But I think it probably was the right call.
0: What were you thinking at that moment, Peter, when, when you saw what James's, uh reserve pool looked like and he had the weaponers ring? and What was going through your mind?
2: Well, I, I was thinking that this could hurt. But then I also thought, right. he's, he's not going to kill me this turn. So if, if he does all that damage, I, I might be able to get back at him. Because he, he had to KO my Iceman before he attacked, because otherwise I could do damage right back.
0: Right. And how many bolts did that take? What, what level was your Iceman on? Do you remember?
2: My Iceman might have been on a fairly low level at that point. might have been level one. Okay. we had to ko each other's Icemans a, a couple of times, just throwing six bolts at them. Right. <laughs> 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 right. But still, four also, bolts yeah, is four bolts. Yeah. Did,
1: did either of you bring Stack Field? I forget. Yeah, James did, static. Field. James did. Okay. Yeah,
4: I had it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, at that point, I agonized over that decision. And I think it was pretty close, whichever way it went. And I, I just felt like I probably should have lost to Spug. if I'm I'm totally (laughs) honest Spoke Spoke made a bit of a misplay and I probably should have lost to him and so you know Peter's such a nice guy that I think I was okay I was okay (laughs) fair enough fair (laughs) enough (laughs) He felt like the fate had it out for you at that point (laughs) 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 fair enough okay so
0: but it sounds like you'd made the right call and it made a dramatic finish it James, you pushed through for a bunch of damage. You were then at least in the lead at that point, right? By, what, two or four points, something like that?
4: That sounds about right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that was turn three. Turn four, Peter, what were you able to
2: do? I was able to actually roll my Iceman onto level two or three, and I had at least five bolts in reserve after that as well, and so I could just do 10 damage to James because he was at 10 life at that point. Wow.
0: So you just you just nicked him. Okay, awesome. Well, that's a, a very dramatic conclusion to a long, and it sounds like an exciting tournament.
4: It was about an hour and 20 minutes just in the final. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Between two really in-your-face teams. I love it, you know. Okay, well, that's a sign of some good piloting. Well well thank you guys. Now before I let you guys go, I wanna take the opportunity to while I have you both on the line to talk about just a couple of things. The first being let's talk about where you think the meta is going with all the new cards coming out and what are you looking forward to playing? What do you what do you see on the future here?
2: Whew. Well I, I do expect a bit more combat oriented teams in the future with mm-hmm. some of the new cards that have been spoiled. And I personally really like the, the Pip the Trolls that have been spoiled. The Uncommon one makes Globals one more expensive for your opponent. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oracle. So it's a new Oracle, but his, his defense stats aren't great, though. But still. And how much does it cost? I, I think it's a four cost.
1: I bet it's not free to field, though. It has yeah, one one okay. zero
2: zero fielding cost, so free to field on most wow. of his sites. Okay, that's that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. So it sounds like Oracle.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. great. Okay, and uh, know, I'm not super excited somehow, but <laughs> <laughs> might might be good against Iceman. I, I, I like he's in globals. Might
2: also be good in the Iceman uh, mirror because it only affects your opponent. Oh, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yep. And his rare was also spoiled, I think. And he has a one fielded ability oh, yeah. and when he's fielded, you can spin two opposing characters down to an energy space of your choice, <laughs> which is ridiculous. See, yeah. So mean.
0: <laughs> so mean. It makes that uncommon meta mask
1: all the more valuable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, uh, I'm just Thinking, like, if you pair that with like the rare absorbing man, this is like a oh, casual yeah. thing, you could that could be like a potential that's, board that's clear. Casual. <laughs> that's, that's that's super nasty. Well, it's, it's a four <laughs> cost and a five cost. So that's paying. a casual way of losing all your friends real fast. <laughs> it, It's expensive, so it's not very fast. But you could do that, could be like a board clear in its own right, like boom, oh, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Uh, oh, you yeah. have nothing left. And, and meanwhile, move your stuff to use, please. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's yeah. me. Yeah, that's super me. Okay, yeah, I like that. That's great. I think that there's going to be a lot of crazy shenanigans with the infinity gauntlet set. I'm uh, looking forward to that. How about you, James? Any thoughts from, from your perspective? Um,
4: I, I must say I haven't really been paying that much attention to the spoilers. I'll, I'll get around to it when they come out. Okay. I am looking forward to the pretty draft packs. Those cards looked really, really nice. They
0: sure do. Don't the, yeah.
4: they just, the, the artwork and stuff was very, very pretty indeed. Um, and I'll certainly be very happy to see a shift away from direct damage. Cause it's, uh, Oh, it's just a bit tedious isn't it yeah. <laughs> having played Iceman quite long enough I think I would like you know that so that oracle pip might might help with I don't know if there's any uh, energy stealing stuff but you know that combination of mm. <laughs> it, it's, it's always me. but at least it means that people couldn't use static field against some sort of combat damage I'd like to see a bit more of that and I suppose uh, what I gather about the, the wrestling set that's how that's shaping
0: up yeah yes yeah <laughs> It seems like the scene is going pretty strong still at Bratislava. Is that right, James? I and mean, you've got a couple of good stores between you and Peter Sheerneck's store. You've got a fairly. Well, I'm actually de-
4: over. I'm in Košice, which is the second city, the metropolis of the east.
0: Sorry, I meant to say South Slovakia. <laughs> but between those two scenes, you've got pretty healthy local communities going. At least it looks like from a distance. Is that fair to
4: say? Well, I think Dano deserves a mention for it. he basically has kept the Košice scene going. Mm-hmm. for the longest time. So uh Daniel belluch hello. Uh deserves mm-hmm. a shout out for that in addition to Peter Cernak, who has very generously supported it. For sure. But it seems yeah, yeah, it seems uh pretty healthy. But it's always on the edge these days, I think, with the delays and it is a little bit difficult. I don't think it's all roses. But.
0: Yeah. I well I think we're in a tough time right now, though I think, you know, we've got a feckined future, so to speak, because with these draft packs coming back, and we're gonna have a lot of product in the new year. There's a chance for local play to come back. So, you know, to all those people like Daniel and, and Peter yourself or for your work, you know, setting up unofficial Dutch Nets and, you know, I know here we've got people like Robert who are running stores – it's a good time to possibly start thinking about how we can help out local communities. I'm going to post a link in the show notes to. WizKids a long time ago put up one about how to start your local scene, uh, an article. And it's kind of gotten buried in their posts from way back. So I'll put that in the show notes because, you know, we've heard from several people, like the people in Portugal who are interested in getting started. We've heard from Poland getting interested in getting started. I've heard from several cities across the U.S., the guys in Mississippi, for example, who are looking for a store. So. Maybe we should all put our collective heads together and think about how we can help start the local scene going. I know we're planning on doing another one big weekend, and, and our hope is to have stuff to fuel the local scenes in advance of, or maybe in conjunction with the release of these draft
1: packs. So uh, And, like, well, one really quick question. Like, how long does it take to drive from Kashiza to Braslava?
4: It's a five-hour train journey. And it's, it's about four wow. and a half by car, I guess. I got the train. Much
1: more. Oh it's wow! Well, wow, I didn't realize it was that far. Okay, great. Because <laughs> I've been like wondering, like a, a large part of how you can get people to show up to a scene is you have to. Me and my dad have been bouncing ideas back and forth. Like, what's more important to start with? Do you need a, a store first to support you, or do you need a community and then go to a store? Because I know that was like a big issue with the Mississippi crowd. Is the nearest store to them wasn't even in their state; it was in Tennessee. Yeah,
0: but maybe they can convince a more local store to do something. If you have one or two really committed people, that's usually all it takes to at least get your foot in the door at the store. But anyway, something to chew on as we move into the new year, so to speak.
4: Indeed.
3: indeed.
0: Well, I think we've come towards the end of the show here, folks. Is there anything else? I give you the soapbox to speak to the world out there. Any thoughts you'd like to share before we sign off for the evening?
2: Um, No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: alright James last bite of the apple here so to speak I want, I want wow. to also do a shout out for you real quick hold that thought real quick because everybody should go out and check out Dice Masters with James and Zach on YouTube especially if you're a newer player their how to videos are awesome and essential so. make
1: sure you hit the subscribe button the like button leave a comment and hit the bell icon so that you can get notified every time they drop a new video <laughs> there you go <laughs> and with that intro James I leave it to you
4: Well, yeah, I'd particularly like to push the the how-to vids and stuff. I'm planning to, real life has been sort of getting in the way a little bit recently, but I'm planning to put together another article or two, one about ramp and churn and stuff, uh, and that will bring together the PXG video I did, and hopefully we'll have something. On bag resetting and resurrection and stuff like that, and the out of play stuff. And then another video with a nice little presentation on the queue and stuff like that. That can be a bit of a problem for people. Yeah. Absolutely. So keep your eyes open for that if I manage to get some time to finish it. <laughs> and apart from that, have a lovely holiday. I you love it. Yeah. And roll some dice. Fair mm-hmm. enough.
0: Thank you, guys. And, and uh, thank you for joining us. Everybody out there, have a great holiday. And good night, fellas. Thanks again. Thank you very
4: much. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: Well, I probably let that one cook a little too long in the oven, my son, but better late than never, as they say. Yeah, I really like talking to Peter and James. Yeah, there's one addendum that Peter wanted me to add to the show that we forgot to properly discuss, and I'm quoting Peter here, how Steve Trevor is
1: such a vital addition to his build.
0: Can you read out that card for us, please?
1: Sure. Steve Trevor slash Erwin, the Mascarian liaison. When Steve Trevor is KO'd, you may immediately purchase a Wonder Woman die for up to three less to a minimum of one and prep it.
0: Again, quoting Peter, getting that Wonder Woman without disrupting the flow of your team really makes all the difference. And after that, he's a source of bolts. Peter played Wonder Woman without Steve in the 10x10 tournament, and buying her was a huge stretch and generally messed up his bag
1: management. Interesting. Obviously, that was the card he had to switch out for the tournament because they're both from the same set. Indeed. But enough of that. We've heard from a few scenes interested in participating
0: in this spring's One Big Weekend. If anyone out there is interested in being part of this year's festivities, drop us a line from the Contact Us page on our website at... Thunder.xyz, no apostrophe, no G. I'm going to
1: be updating the website over the course of this month, too, so come by and check it out. Also, remember to give us a rating or review if you're so inclined to on itunes or at the podchaser.com site it's lorshin Donagranshaw. until next episode enjoy the new set August. well
0: that's the end of turn five my friends and it's time for the final clear we hoped you enjoyed today's show. You can find us at RolandThunder.xyz without a G or an apostrophe, where you'll discover all the links necessary to listen or subscribe to the show. You can also reach us by email at Arge or Lucan at RolandThunder.xyz. Our theme music was created by Jesse Weiner. We're in no way affiliated with WizKids, other than we love and celebrate the game of Dice Masters. So keep on rolling, August Nar de Dalau. We'll be talking again in two weeks' time with another guest. So stay tuned,
1: enough said. It doesn't look like you actually sent the link, it looks like it's just sitting there in the bottom. Is it? Okay. No, no, you just have to press the send button. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, that, that could be
0: it. <laughs> Don't let an old man operate a computer. I've told you that a million times. <laughs>